This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 550. And Def Leppard on Rock 102. Oh, couple of hot, dry days. Uh, partly cloudy today, mostly sunny tomorrow, near 90. And then uh, maybe a couple of days above 90. But it is uh, 70 right now in downtown Springfield. Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood trash with yeah. Steve yeah. and Nagel the Rock 102? You remember when, like, uh... Hello? Yeah, Hello? there you go. Oh, you remember when, like, uh... Bands would be like, no, we're not, we're not selling our song to that commercialized company because we don't want to be a sellout. Yeah. Yes, every artist today is a freaking sellout. Well, Stephen, I mean, I'm what? sure there must be one or two who are not. Uh, today's artists are leaning into these endorsement deals hard. You can already get the official Sawiti McDonald's meal. The Sawiti. Sawiti. So what is that? Uh, that, uh, the Sawiti meal is, uh, it's like a Big Mac, four chicken nuggets, and includes both dipping sauces of sweet and sour and, uh, and honey mustard. Who is, uh, or what is, uh, Sawiti? Sawiti is a, uh, is a rapper. She's a rapper. And mm. she's got her, uh, she does this whole thing now with McDonald's where she's got this meal named after her. Do they, is she the rapper that they put the meal in? Yeah. Well, when you think about the fact that uh, most of these uh, artists don't make any money from record or album sales anymore, yeah. you uh, you look for other ways of putting food on the table. Yeah, even if it's McDonald's. And I'm not sure I uh, count. You know, to say all artists now do it. Um, this is the first I'm hearing of Sawiti, so I don't know that it necessarily means all artists. But that's the point. If you haven't even heard of this one, think about all the big ones that are out there, like a Justin Bieber. Or the ones that are selling their uh, their catalog of music. Yeah. Because they're all doing that now, too. Anyway, just like uh, Travis Scott before her, she's selling merchandise to go along with it. I'm sorry, merch. Merch. you got to say yeah. it that way. It includes T-shirts, hoodies, tote bags, fanny packs, trucker hats, and even socks. Fanny packs. You know, she we says, could use tote bags. I That's... That's kind of what a fanny pack is. I don't understand why I get condemned for loving fanny packs. Because they're you stupid. Want to- you want a tote bag. Well, What's a tote- any less stupid about a tote bag? Well, a tote bag I can bring to a grocery store and not have to pay the five cents for a paper bag. What are you going to put in a fanny pack? An apple? Maybe. Please. She said, quote, y'all know I stay dipped in the latest fashion, so it was only right I dropped some icy merch to celebrate my McDonald's collab. She's absolutely right about that. <laughs> Couldn't have, couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. There are so many oversized pieces that I love, like my favorites, the Sweetie and Sour Hoodie and Fry Tees. Yeah, baby. Sing it, sister. <laughs> well, at least she's a little creative when she's doing it, yeah, right? Yeah, very creative from the uh, sounds of things. Beyonce and Jay-Z are doing an ad campaign for Tiffany's that features Beyonce wearing the famous 128-carat yellow Tiffany diamond. Only a hand people have ever worn it, and Beyonce is the first black woman to do so. So good for her. Only a, how many people? A handful? Is that what you mean? A handful. Wow. 128 carat diamond. How do you even lift that off the ground? It's got to be about the size of a Subaru. It's really not that big. It's just that it's it, the quality of it. The quality and uh, the uh, the price. I they guess. Don't, I don't know. They don't even say how much this thing is. 
More it's than just, us can uh, afford in two months' salary. You know, that's the thing, though. You're you're wearing something to wear it for just a promotion, and that's it? No. Yeah. Like, why can't you just come up with a fake one? It's why, you know, a lot of these stars for these award shows, they uh, they borrow the jewelry. They can afford it, but they're, they're not buying it. They're just using it. They're just wearing it for the uh, for the ceremony. Hey, didn't I just say to you guys two weeks ago that we don't do enough stories about Sting? We don't two, do enough yes. stories about Sting. Wednesday, I think it was. In uh, 1997, Sting and his wife Trudy Styler purchased a vineyard in Tuscany. But in a new interview, uh, Sting claims they were tricked into buying it. Yeah, yeah, I was under the impression there wasn't an available uh, vineyard in Tuscany. See, see, this one, Uh this one. (laughs) You mean in all of Tuscany? All of Tuscany. The seller was a man named Duke Simone Vincenzo. Oh, that's your problem. How did he get it? Actually, it's... Just lucky, I guess. (laughs) Duke Simone Vincenzo Veluti Zati di San Clemente. See, I wouldn't even bother entertaining an offer from a guy with that many names. Well, is it is that, <coughs> that his title of Duke, or is that like a nickname? I, it was a man named Duke Simone Vincenzo Veluti Zadi Dan San Clemente. According to Sting, he gave them a Chianti from the estate to sample, and it was so good that they bought the place immediately. But then the wine he gave them was actually from another region altogether. Oh, boy. And it was only after they paid for the place that they realized the actual wine there made there was terrible. But they've turned things around by working uh, working at it until they were at least able to produce excellent wine. Good for them. And the Duke is no longer with us, but his family is defending his honor. His son issued a statement accusing Sting of false poisonous slander. Would that be uh, Duke, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Duke. Duke what? Duke uh, Simone Vincenzo Valuti Zati <laughs> di San Clemente Jr. Yes, true. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's what I was getting at. Uh, he said uh, his father would never pull a trick like that. No. False poisonous slander. And then Sting would say, yeah, you mean false poisonous slander like this crappy wine that uh, winery that your dad left us? Thanks a lot. Thanks for nothing. You know, most people buy a property because it's got a nice kitchen or uh, you know, large bathrooms. I don't know if anyone has bought a house because of the wine. Well, he bought the winery. He probably, uh, you know, just took the house. They threw in the house. Even still, I mean, you know, just based on a glass or two of wine, got to be better. Got to be better reasons to buy property. Ambiotic fluid will be the first Jeopardy guest host since Mike Richards stepped down. By ambiotic. But he filmed five episodes before he quit, so those will air first. Then uh, ambiotic fluid will host for the next three weeks. My ambiotic. Um, they said on ABC News last night, and, and I don't know if he was joking or, or if this was for real. She's a she's an actual neuropsychologist. Yeah, she is. Wow. No, she's uh, she's uh, almost too smart to be acting in like TV shows. She Cer- was certainly that one. She was one of those child stars who then said, you know what? I'm actually going to forget this business for a while and go get an actual education somewhere. And, yeah. and, and then I'll act when I'm you know, yeah. damn good and ready. Huh. Uh, and wearing all that makeup to play Tammy Faye Baker may have taken a toll on Jessica Chastain. She says, quote, I think for sure I've done some permanent damage to my skin on this, but it's fine. It's for my art. Well, there you go. So I don't yeah. mind damaging my face for the rest of my life. Good Why choice. would you? And that is your Hollywood Trash on Rock 102. Ah, yeah. Hi, it's Bax and O'Brien with things you're responsible for knowing from a hole in the ground. 
And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I'm no immunologist. Are you kidding? I can't even spell immunology. I'm also of the belief that if you receive no better than a C- in high school biology, the last thing you should be doing is flaunting your understanding of complicated science. I happen to be one of those C- students, but... Tell me to wear a mask and get vaccinated and stay six feet away from people and furiously wash my hands at regular intervals and I'm willing to follow those directives like a blind sheep. This is because I understand my limitations as an independently minded critical thinker and so this is why I enjoy a good round of compliance. Unfortunately, people are people and sometimes we act without thinking even when faced with very specific COVID protocols. For example, Take a look at Cam Newton of the New England Patriots. Cam's a pretty smart fella, and yet he's being forced to stay away from the Patriots practice facilities until this Thursday for a misunderstanding about COVID testing. According to reports, Cam Newton will be unable to practice with the team during much of the final week of the preseason after receiving a COVID test away from a designated NFL facility. Despite testing negative on a series of daily COVID tests, the team approved a medical appointment that required him to leave New England. However, the NFL and the NFL Players Association protocols allegedly state that all of his daily COVID testing must be conducted in league-approved facilities. Because he failed to read that part of the of the rules, and apparently so did the Patriots, he must enter a five-day re-entry program that will keep him out of commission until Thursday. Now, I don't need to remind you of how important the NFL preseason can be, and I don't have to tell you how important it is to understand the rules that have been set forth by your employer. But if my boss required me to be tested daily in a company-approved environment, they would be testing me in a building that required regular mold remediation and a crumbling infrastructure. And I can imagine that getting regularly tested in an NFL locker room would only be worse. That's the last place I'd want to get swabbed. And yet, Cam Newton has to stay away until Thursday, which makes me wonder, why can't we all get that lucky? But hey, another my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Bacon wrapped scallops is one thing you can make with your big green egg from Rocky's. Pizza, another. And when you get really good, how about a reverse sear herb crusted Iberico pork loin? The ultimate cooking experience is with the big green egg. And you can find it today at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm Fax. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Spring Pocket 611. And Aerosmith on Rock 102. Couple of days with no rain in the forecast, if you can believe that. Today and tomorrow, highs both days, around 90 degrees, though. And uh, it's 70 right now in downtown Springfield. Aerosmith is the uh, the latest band to sell their entire catalog to Universal. They just did. They just announced that yesterday. Damn. And uh, there's no... They don't tell you how much that deal is worth, mm-hmm. but it, it also means that anything that they produce from now... Moving forward, yeah. Universal will also own. Yeah, so, with Steven Tyler being seventy-three years old, and now's a chance to finally cash in on that yep. big collection of music. Take it and go. That's it. Uh, there's a number of uh, local things going on um, that we'll probably get to throughout the show because it's way too much to do once. But um, one of the things that I did uh, find interesting, I saw on Twenty Two News earlier this morning. We were di- reporting yesterday on this. Sunday evening, wrong way crash on I-91. And uh, apparently there were two vehicles. Uh, one with New York plates was the vehicle traveling in the wrong direction. 
another one with Connecticut plates. Both drivers were killed. An occupant in one of the cars was seriously injured. Um, but there's there's video on 22 News that a motorist on the other side of the highway, on the on the proper side of the highway, shot video of this car. Now, th- there's still no word on where this wrong-way driver got on the highway to begin this this drive, um, but it is interesting. It, it just makes you ask more questions. The vehicle was in the left lane, the the high tra- high speed travel lane, which I suppose if you were impaired enough, you would think was the right lane. Yeah, but you know if you were on the high speed lane, that would be irresponsible. Yeah, but the other the other thing that makes you ask a lot of questions is they had their hazard lights on, their emergency flashers, and it, and it's like you know why at what point. Did they turn those on? There doesn't appear to be any hesitation. I mean, this car is doing probably 60 miles an hour. It seems to be going just as fast as the vehicle that is that has the camera going inside of it. Um, and you just and and it's a straight line. It's not driving erratically. It doesn't appear to be trying to dodge any vehicles. It does seem as though many people might have seen it coming for a distance and got out of the way because you don't even see any vehicles lined up in the breakdown lane that it passes uh, until, unfortunately, obviously, this Connecticut driver clearly had no opportunity to avoid the accident. But It's also pouring, too. Yep. When you when you look at the video, you I mean you you can one you can see the uh, the the wipers going in the uh, in the in the the other guy's car. Mm-hmm. But you just you know, you you see your know, cars going past this guy and like how I mean they you know you don't always have the chance to get out of the way when someone's going in your direction during normal traffic. Mm. You got someone going against you in traffic. There's even less chance to react to yeah. this, and uh, it just it's it's a scary looking video, man. It's it is, and and it doesn't. Uh, they didn't say whether or not the driver who's making the video saw the impact or recorded the impact. Um, I, I gotta I gotta think because it does seem at some point the guy with the video is trailing behind the wrong way driver. Then he comes parallel with him. Whether or not he passed it and kept going or did, in fact, get the moment of impact because, again, we don't know how far this person went, but by measuring how much of the highway was closed yesterday, it it, it sounds as though uh, it went from about the entrance and exit near the Holyoke Soldiers' home to the Mass Pike yeah, the, exit the uh, the video that I got is like eighteen seconds long. Yeah, so it, it's yeah. not it's it's not there's not enough of it to know exactly what happened. And my guess is this guy just kept on driving, and well, uh, and 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 there was no chance of getting the impact. I don't know about that. I, I I'm wondering if that's you, you know the video you're looking at is from where twenty two. Yes. Yeah, and I'm wondering if twenty two edited it down to to just a portion of the vehicle driving for 18 seconds and didn't want to show the impact. I, I, I don't know. Either way. So one of the other uh, local stories, th- this came across yesterday afternoon. I saw it. It's, it's interesting the way they write this article. A local woman has purchased the long-closed Lido's restaurant downtown. C. 
seeking city approvals to open a restaurant lounge that would offer a, and this is in quotation marks from Peter Goonan writing the article, vibrant and safe environment. Those are, uh, those are quotation marks. The proposed new business drew questions from planning board members regarding why the submitted plans include hired security checking patrons for guns and narcotics at the door during later hours. That apparently was written into the plans that were submitted by Kristen Fiore, mm-hmm. uh, who purchased the property for $350,000 back in July, seeking support from the planning board and a full liquor license. Um, Lido's was clo- has been closed since 2012. Christ, I didn't realize it had been that long. I, I know, it's hard to believe. Oh, man. Uh, regarding security, at about 9 or 10 p.m., they will be searching patrons upon entry to enforce a zero-tolerance policy for narcotics and weapons in the restaurant. This is what she told the planning board meeting last week. Uh, a planning board member says, it doesn't sound like any restaurant I go to. I guess I have concerns that if your clientele are going to need to be searched for guns and narcotics and stuff, I'm wondering who you think your clientele is going to be. Well, I think this has more to do with its location than what than what they're expecting to come into the place. Because, I mean, if we're being honest, the further you go north on Worthington Street, the dicier the neighborhood gets. And that's not to say that Worthington Street is all bad and... and you know, the ale house doesn't have a lot of problems. Of course, it's crawling with cops, and that certainly helps. But um, It's east, by the way. The, fir- the Worthington Street. Worthington runs east and west. Okay, but it also goes up a hill. But uh, but nevertheless, it's like I think, you know, people are looking at, you know, at that location. It's been closed for a long time. I mean, the fifth alarm has been shut down. Where have those people gone to? You know, uh, that's what I like to yeah, know No kidding. It. So. It so I, I I suppose you could say, well, that seems to be a little bit much to have to frisk everybody in between courses. But nine to ten o'clock, if you're going to be opened as a lounge after the kitchen is winding down, then I don't know what the I don't know what is the right to the right protocol. There is, um, but I know of no other restaurant that does that. Yeah, there. Well. See, the thing of it is, is that there are a lot of restaurants or bars that um, are told by the city that you need to have uh, a detailed officer working during these hours on these nights. And it may be that, uh, you know, police officers on details can be expensive. And, And it may be that what she's trying to do also is to hire her own security uh, first of all, to save money, and secondly, to to preempt the city from saying, okay, well, here's the deal. First of all, the hours are going to be Wednesday through Friday from 5 p.m. to 1.30 a.m., and Saturdays and Sundays from noon until 1.30 a.m. So on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, she may very well be thinking, you know, the city's going to tell me I need – to hire cops at like forty, fifty, sixty dollars an hour, and maybe two or three of them, I can hire my own security people for twenty dollars an hour and uh, have them. You know, I'll I'll put in a metal detector just because uh, you know the city might say, well, uh, private security is not good enough; they're not trained well enough. You need police officers. She might just be trying to prevent the city from 
from coming down on her like that, but it does seem a little a little weird. She uh, she has a request for a liquor license scheduled for a hearing tomorrow. She's a licensed insurance agent who owns an entertainment business with more than 10 years of bar and restaurant experience, including mm-hmm. bartending and promotions. She's not been a bar manager, but she does plan to hire one, and she's not a professional cook. The uh, menu would include uh, American-inspired tapas. Tapas. Tapas uh, with the southern flair, as well as appetizers, small plates, and dinner specials and seasonal favorites. Uh, one of the other planning board members says, the restaurant, uh, part of it, uh, the food seems kind of secondary. So. Um, yeah, well, I don't, you know, again, I haven't, uh, haven't seen the plan here, but... Um if you the thing is if you're just going to open up a bar just a bar no restaurant no kitchen then you may be asking for trouble if you're opening up a restaurant and it closes early i mean look look at the stu- give you two examples here for for a minute student prince uh on uh, on fort street closes at about what time bar closes like about 11 I, you know what? I don't know. Closes relatively early. Mm-hmm. But the 350 uh, on Worthington Street, just uh, up the st- or down the street, is open until 1. So, and, uh, you know, obviously once the kitchen is closed, you got the bar there. It's a nice place to hang out. And there you go. You know, this is a, this is a location that has been shut down for how many years? It's 2012? 19, uh, two, no, 2000 and... Uh... Yeah, long time. It's a long time. So, you know, it's it's not like people in that neighborhood are necessarily used to it being a restaurant anymore. And so you wonder, well, what is this going to be? If it's a bar, you know, does it, is it the right thing for that property? Now, you know, to me, you know, if it's a restaurant, that makes a little bit more sense. That may change the neighborhood a little bit. That may be good for the neighborhood. If it's just a bar, I would say no. But if a combination of the two, you know, I I don't know the restrictions of, uh, you know, how they restrict certain uh, liquor licenses from mm. location to location. I have to believe there's there's some. But it, but I, I don't know what the, 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 the deal here is. I mean, it would be great to have it open and be something again. But, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just not sure of the plan. That sentence is a little weird, though. I mean, and they said she told the planning board at a meeting last week this quote. They don't say, so it makes it sound like this was spoken word as opposed to something written in her plans that they will be searching patrons upon entry to enforce a zero tolerance policy for narcotics or weapons in the restaurant. That was, uh, that's a direct quote of what she told the planning board at a meeting last week. So, you know, it, 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 I don't know how specific these plans have to be when they're turned in uh, to the city, um, but but this does sound like it needs a little bit more detail. A little bit. Yeah. Surprisingly. I mean, it's on mass live, for God's sake. You would think. You would think that Goonan would have just stuffed it with more details, yeah, or, or or you know been given more details. Yeah, but you know, still though, it's nice to see that after all this time, someone's going to do something with that property. Again, twenty twelve, whatever the hell it's been. Twenty twelve. That's that's, yeah. that's unbelievable. Almost Ten years that it's been shut down that long. Phew. Time flies when you're getting old. 
Time flies when a building remains vacant. It's 624 on Rock 102. It's just about 626 with Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102. Hey, later on, uh, talk about the uh, new plans at MGM. Their third anniversary uh, is coming up. That's another thing that's hard to believe. You know, th- three years, even though for the most part, one year doesn't count. No, it still counts. Yeah, but I, it, it's still, you know, nobody was really there last year for the pandemic. And you say to yourself, all right, well, you know what? I really only feel like I've been losing money for two years. Right, right. But when it <laughs> comes to their creditors, trust me, that yeah. that one empty, sad, depressing year counts. Yep, but, maybe, uh, maybe even more so than the other two. Thankfully, it didn't count in my pocket. Let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's fun. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. Hey, uh, what's the difference between a well-dressed man on a unicycle and a poorly-dressed man on a bicycle? I don't know. What's the difference? A tire. Ah! Tire. <laughs> you see one tire on the unicycle, <laughs> Not two on a bicycle. A tire so it's maybe a tire. What wearing. Booyah! Bax and O'Brien. In Iraq 102, it's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax, and our long national nightmare is over. The short-lived gas shortage at Agawam service stations that 22 reported on Sunday did not last very long. Thank God. A little worried about that one. Service stations that ran dry on Sunday were again pumping gas on Monday. Uh, 22 News had received accurate reports from drivers that two popular stations were on empty. Oh, they received accurate reports. Yes. As opposed to all the inaccurate reports. Well, in other words, because it was from a viewer, it was accurate. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Quite a few Agawam service stations found themselves in the same predicament. That's not really news. Not really. Um, if it was like days and days and days that they didn't have gas, that would be a different story. Right. But who's responsible for doing a not really news story? 22 or us? Um, us. Mm. Well, yeah, hold on a second. I don't That's know, I don't know if story. we can be held accountable for somebody else's lack of details. Well, but if we read their story, even though their story wasn't really news, then we're as guilty as they are. Um, you want to hear some real news? Some devastating news. Sure. Devastating? Devastating. All right. Talking about uh, the economic impact is going to be uh, for years because of this. Because of the gas thing? No, because oh. the Blanford Fair has oh. been canceled. Yeah, Son of a bitch. That. Planned for Labor Day weekend. <sighs> the Blanford Fair has been called off because of the increase in COVID-19 cases. The fair has canceled only a handful of times since it began in 1867 uh, the 1918-1919 Spanish flu. Oh, so here we are again. Yeah, and oh, and last year. Well, a catastrophic flood in 1955 and last year. Yeah. So. Which makes me think that the 2022 Blanford uh, Fair is going to be quite a hootenanny. Oh, it's going to be a mayonnaise midget mash fest. You're damn right it will yep. be. I don't even know what that means. A uh, section of Palmer Road in Munson was closed last night after a car caught on fire. The Munson Police Department announced road closures on the bridge on Palmer Road near Bethany Road shortly after 6 p.m. to allow crews to extinguish that fire. Drivers were asked to seek alternative routes while crews worked. No injuries were reported, and the road has since been reopened. Uh, Already? Already? You just started. No, because I did it out of order. Oh. 
Uh, rescue crews were able to safely bring a person and a dog to shore after they were swept away in the current on the Mill River, Northampton file fire officials confirmed. The rescue occurred Monday morning around 9.30 a.m. The area of the river the crews were able to uh, rescue the pair was located behind Maine's Field. Oh, yeah, you know where that is. Oh, sure. It's uh, right next to the... Uh, the New Hampshire Field. Yeah, right. Oh, Maine's Field. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, um, wasn't that uh, Jane Maine's Field? Wasn't that the poster that uh, Andy uh, Dufresne had up in the uh, Shawshank Redemption? Had Jane Mansfield. She was bosomy. Yeah, she had some breasts, huh? Uh, um, what about, did I see in, in the article on Mass Live that this was a, actually, now that I think about it, I don't know that they necessarily meant professional dog walker. They might've just simply meant someone dog walking walk. a dog. I think it's just dog walker. I don't think it's professional dog walker. Well, well do you think it was their dog? Uh, I don't know. Well, but if it's not their dog then they are, in fact, a dog walker. Yeah, but uh, the word professional wouldn't be accurate since you got the you and the dog stuck on a tree on well, the other side of a river. that was kind of my point, mm. was going to, you know, look, if I'm paying you to walk my dog, uh, how much extra am I going to have to pay for you to be rescued? Listen, John, you can't, uh, you know, with the lack of uh, labor force in this country right now, mm. you can't expect top dollar Dog walkers. Dog walkers. No. If uh, no. if everybody else, you know, let's see, uh, the average dog walker makes twenty five dollars an hour. You're only paying twelve. The average dog to... walker is making twenty five bucks an hour. Uh, making I'm an just example. throwing numbers. I was going to say there. it's pretty. That's pretty good coin for walking a dog. I'd I'd say yeah, I'll walk your dog and just pull out the leash and never go out of the house. Did you ever walk the dinosaur though? I have. Uh, Did you open the door? I would, but I've been spending far too much time walking like an Egyptian. Boom boom. Laka 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 boom. Boom boom. Laka laka boom boom. That's one of my favorite songs. Is it really? Oh, yeah, 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 I love that song. Why? It's a good question. It's, it's another one of those songs that you, uh, in my head, I always see the video, like from MTV. Yeah. Uh, and those, uh, them hot chicks in their little uh, cave, their little Wilma Flintstone oh, outfits. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that video. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah. Some good yeah, that was stuff. something. You know, I was uh, just talking to somebody the other day about uh, videos that uh, defined my uh, my your youth. Well, the, my period of puberty, yeah, if you will. Paula Abdul's "Cold Hearted Snake." Mm-hmm. I can see that. Damn. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, what's her? In name? other words, the videos you would rub one out to. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, what was the other one? Uh, um. Oh, share careless Cher- whisper. <laughs> yeah, share if I could turn back time, where she's on that uh, the Enterprise, the USS Enterprise, and that, she's doing the she's got that uh, like fishnet suit on, right, and she's right. got the Inter- sailors all over, and all her those semen watching all her, all that semen oh, yeah, all over right. the deck. Yeah, yeah. Man, oh man, <laughs> talk about coming of age videos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, settle down, boy. <laughs> By the way, the person and the dog were rescued. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's good news. Makeshift courtrooms at the former uh, movie theaters at the Eastfield Mall were temporarily shuttered Monday as court staff were confronted with trails of mold creeping up the carpeted stairways, and it was not the lawyers. Well, you know, uh, I wouldn't be so sure about that. It's ironic that the reason they're at the cor- the uh, theaters is because of mold in the courthouse. Now there's mold in the theaters, so I'm starting to think it is the employees. 
Maybe they're just a crusty bunch who, uh, you know, everywhere they go, when they go yeah. as a group, they create mold. It might have more to do with the fact that we've had torrential downpours for more than a month. Yeah, but we've had those in a lot of different places. And this is only three of the court, three of the theaters, rather, uh, that were affected by this. You yeah, know, but the, you got to clean the whole place out. The uh, the picture on Mass Live, you know, normally if you went to the theaters in the Eastfield Mall, the, the worst floor sub... Uh, you know, surface was like at your seat where your feet would stick because of all the spilled soda on the floor. Mm-hmm. But now it's the carpet. It's all just it's yeah. uh, loaded with mold. It's like, wait a minute. I, I, I'm part of me is thinking, is that the Eastfield Mall or is that the stairway here at Rock 102 to the <laughs> men's room? Could, yeah. could be either one. But when the same people have the same problem in different places, you got to start looking at the people. Can we uh, can we get this place shut down? We're working on it. We've been working on it for 25 years. Well, why don't they uh, they just take care of the mold problem by putting in a uh, a dehumidifier right there in the hallway, well, they, uh, and they, that'll take everything that's, away. That's oh, what they've done. They've got they that. Have to turn it on though. No, the I'm real talking at the movie theater. Oh, oh at the theater. Yeah, take the oh, movie yeah. theater. I said oh. if it worked here so well, and we're all healthy and safe with no mold in this building yeah. at all ever, or or down in these uh, dungeony back rooms. I, I I still uh, have that uneasy feeling that there was there was poo mold in here with the when the toilets overflow. Yeah, oh, that peaceful I'm, uneasy feeling. I'm sure there are some sort of spores floating around this place. Dozens of prospective jurors had arrived as two trials were set for impanelment. They were sent home, according to Hamden Superior Court Clerk Laura Gentile, uh, along with staff. Mall management uh, renovated 58,000 square feet of the former theaters after they were abandoned and utterly trashed by Cinemark beginning at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. The state is paying roughly $700,000 for a one-year lease plus utilities. Oh, well, you turn the lights off when you leave. Yeah, now that's why they're not running that dehumidifier all night. Uh, the deal seemed like a win-win for the orphan theaters and a court system struggling to uh, to find bigger venues to reopen with social distancing and safety measures. But Monday morning, not so much. Uh, it came to my attention early this morning that there was an issue at the Eastfield Mall. It was uncertain at the time what the issue was, but since then, uh, I've learned it's a significant mold problem. That's the uh, clerk. Uh, we're going to suspend until we have an idea of exactly what the problem is and what's going on and what it's going to take to remedy this problem. Mold. Mold. Yeah, that seems to be the problem. The same issue that they were running away from. Yeah, that's kind of weird. It's very weird. I'm telling you. You got to look at the people. Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine has been given the FDA's full approval, meaning it has uh, now undergone the same rigorous regulatory review as dozens of other established vaccines. COVID-19 vaccines in the U.S. were initially rolled out under emergency use authorization, which lets the FDA speed the availability of medical products in public health emergencies. The vaccines underwent testing in tens of thousands of people to establish safety and effectiveness, but the FDA initially required only about two months of safety monitoring data, the period when side effects are most likely to occur. For full approval, the FDA required six months of data, among other things. Well, that's the good news, because a lot of people were holding back. Yeah, uh, saying I'm not going to take it until it's, it's FDA approved. Well, now it is. Well, congratulations. It's FDA approved. What are you going to do on your FDA approval day? Well, I guess I'll go get vaccinated. I'm going to go do shots on my birthday. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not like shots of fireball, it's just a <laughs> shot of Moderna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
can't believe I beat you to it, Steve. I know, I know. <laughs> the uh, Here's the newest dumb thing people are doing on TikTok, the milk crate challenges, where you stack a bunch of milk crates into a pyramid and then try to walk up and over them without falling and hopefully not hurting yourself. And ironically, uh, many people find themselves falling and hurting themselves. Uh, like every single one of them. Is yeah. this, would you, I'm trying to envision this. Would you be like, you got one milk crate, and then you got two milk crates, and then three milk crates, and and then four, and they're all, you know, in right up against each no. other. Well, y- try to imagine someone trying to build like a stairway of mm. of multiple yeah. milk crates, yeah, and so they got- and they try to climb up them, but the problem is, you know, between your weight and balance and the flimsiness of of uh, of oh. the structure, people are falling and braining themselves. Yeah, they're in a line. So when you like, let's say you had ten on the bottom row, then you got eight on the second row, and then six on the third row, that and so forth. Yeah, so and on and so forth. <laughs> People are so stupid, but yet every time I see it on TikTok, I laugh and laugh. Uh, pyramid really isn't the right word. It's a line of milk crates stacked at different heights, so you steadily go uphill until you get the middle one that's seven milk crates high. Then you go down the other side, and you can't use your hands at all. There are a bunch of videos of people trying it. Most of them fail, sometimes spectacularly. Uh, some people are, are really hurting themselves. But some make it look easy, like one woman did. She did it in heels, and she did it right over the top of it. In didn't, heels? Didn't, yeah. Didn't even shake once. <laughs> I'm looking at one on uh, on YouTube, because uh, I don't do that TikTok thing. Um, but it is uh, stacked. The one I'm looking at is stacked exactly the way I described it. Uh, another one is uh, not so much like that, but man, oh people, man, people stack them in, in different ways. And, oh. and, the, and the problem is, uh, yeah, there's there's no engineering know-how on mm. this. It's just they're just taking the risk of getting really seriously hurt because you're not just falling; you're sometimes falling on the milk oh. crates that have fallen before you have. Jesus, this does not. I mean. <laughs> You know, for all the things I was thinking about while I was watching skateboarding during the Olympics, uh, of the kinds of falls that people must take before they're able to master the skateboard, even that doesn't look as dangerous or painful as this. No. This This is much more painful. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, because these people are landing on the milk crates for the most part. Yeah, I, I still don't recommend you doing it. <laughs> no, I wouldn't think so. And uh, some of these people have added additional uh, additional activities. Like, there's a video here. Dude does milk crate challenge while rolling a blunt. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, keep in mind, you know, the milk crate challenge is difficult on its own. But then to roll a blunt while doing it, that takes incredible coordination, which... Oh, it looks like this guy does not have. That's certainly yeah. talent right there. You know, the other thing, too, though, is all these ones. Well, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe now this one finally is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. See, all the ones I was watching on this uh, this uh, compilation video up until just now, they're all erected on grass. <laughs> erected. Yeah, okay. On the grass. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously an uneven surface. Yeah, but it hurts less when you fall on grass right, as opposed but it, to asphalt. But it seems as though asphalt. it would be more sturdier if it were on uh, on tar. Yeah. But then there was one. They just showed one that was built in the street, 
and that didn't uh, do any better than the uneven ground. Yeah, you you do realize that the engineering of this is really not the issue. I mean, it's just the lack of balance. Yeah, well, I mean, but if, again, if it's on a flat surface as opposed to uh, the ground, the normal grass, uh, you could you could hopefully see how it. Oh, somebody doing it in Crocs. He only made it to the. <laughs> See, I'm funny. telling you, once you watch these things, just start one. laughing. It's, this is, the, 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 he made it to the two stacked one. That's the one that fell, and then they showed him. Uh, they showed a picture of him in his hospital bed. This is why TikTok <laughs> is such a time sucker because occasionally you'll run into these things. And they just they're so stupid and preposterous you can't help but look. Wow, this this one. I hope this guy actually got dealt with. Um, it's a pretty good sized stack and the guy is getting just to the top when one of the spectators comes along and kicks out the middle. Oh, <laughs> like, man. A, like a Jenga. Yeah. Yeah. Your, uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be, uh, mostly sunny with a high of 88 tomorrow. More of the same hot and cool. From the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, Grills, 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 Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you know, the world of sports is about to be thrust into the exciting world of legalized sports gambling. This is such an exciting time for the problem degenerate gambler. You're going to have so many new and exciting ways of losing your shirt, draining your accounts, and destroying your lives that almost makes a man dizzy with possibilities. And while the state of Massachusetts doesn't really have a timetable or a plan to establish an infrastructure for sports gambling, there are plenty of states who do. And this is why it's taken no time at all for people to start securing lucrative agreements. For example, yesterday the Fiesta Bowl has entered into a multi-year partnership with Caesars Palace to become the first college football game to reach an agreement with a company specializing in sports gambling. You see, the state of Arizona, where they play the Fiesta Bowl, is already on board with the sports gambling business, so much so that they've agreed to establish a Caesars Palace Lounge at the Fiesta Bowl, where fans can gamble themselves into total insolvency right there from the stadium. And with new Caesars betting app, you can blow through your children's college funds without even leaving your seat. How exciting is that? In fact, sports betting will become fully operational in Arizona on September 9th. And not only has Caesars reached an agreement with the Fiesta Bowl, they're already set to go with an agreement with the Arizona Diamondbacks as well. If only the Diamondbacks were worth betting on. Sadly, when you're 39 games out of first place, you can sometimes uh, find yourself taking the wind out of your sails and the money out of your pocket. But hey, listen to me get all judgmental. Look, at some point, the Massachusetts Senate will get back to work and they can start picking apart the current bill and ruin it like they normally do. I just hope that when the day comes that I can finally dump my weekly paycheck into betting on a Massachusetts sporting event, that Lady Luck will stop being such an angry and vindictive backstabber and let me enjoy the sweet taste of victory from time to time. Because losing all the time always leaves me with a foul aftertaste. And I don't particularly care for that. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know, there's lots of fancy gas grills out there, but the New York Times top two grill picks... Both Weber gas grills. They're built right, priced right. You don't need to get fancy. Just get a Weber, the best deal in gas grills. Available right now at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. 
Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 707 and Fleetwood Mac and Rock 102. Yeah, I'm still trying to get used to this uh, being down the hall here thing. Uh, for 26 years with you? Yes. Three years with the guy before that? Uh, two years with guys before that? Mm-hmm. I never even turned on my own microphone. <laughs> never even had to do that because wow. I was always sitting uh, in a position where I wasn't in front of a control board. And uh, so the partner was always the one who ran the board and turned the mics on. Right. Now I'm sitting in front of my own uh, control board with one single responsibility other than plugging in my headphones, and that is turning on the microphone. It's complicated, isn't it? It uh, it takes a, it takes a little while. I'm yeah. on week two, yeah. and uh, I've almost got it. I would say by uh, month six, you'll probably have yeah. enough muscle memory to really grasp it. Well, we'll see. I mean, you know, six months from now, if we're still in this position, we're going to be uh, there's going to be problems uh, because you have to have change. You need to have change, and that's uh, what they're doing over at MGM today. Yeah. And you've always been so uh, accepting oh, of change. I love uh, change. You embraced. Yeah, I got a pocket full of it right now. Yeah, I bet you do. Um, yeah, today at MGM. For some reason, at 10.45, seems like an odd time to choose to do anything. Uh, you know, 10.30 I get, 11 o'clock makes, makes sense. Uh, but this will be at 10.45. According to uh, 22 News, the way they described it, two new sports lounges will be opening up. Uh, one of them <clears throat> is a multi-million dollar facility or, or, or location they only described as being on the gaming floor. It will have a 45-inch, I'm sorry, <laughs> a 45-foot HD wall TV. No, no. They should do a 45-inch uh, and see yeah. how well that takes. Yeah, it'll be in the bathroom. Uh, now, I, again, they didn't really specify where. So I'm gonna I'm gonna speculate because again you know they they, they got to constantly be changing in this place. First of all, the the poker room is closed. We're we're all on the uh, edge of believing that sports betting is coming soon, and and obviously these facilities are preparing for that by making space. Um, when COVID came along, they closed the walk up bar. Now, what I mean by that is they took all the booze away yeah. and probably laid off all of the uh, the wait staff, the, the the bartenders and barmaids. Although the bar itself, where you sat and played the games that were in the tabletop, those remained, uh, and they have since reopened it uh, since the COVID restrictions were lifted. But whether or not that. You know, I, I got to believe that's still there because I almost always saw it full. So they were making money uh, on the games, if not on the booze, although the booze was free as long as you were playing the games. So I'm not exactly certain where this one particular sports lounge is. The well, so the the, uh, the story that was on, I think it was Mass Live, um, talked about that they're bringing poker back yeah, by the end of this year, at the and, tables, and they yeah right. They told the uh, the gaming commission last week that they're going from what had been twenty eight poker tables to ten or twelve. Yeah, and uh, slot machines are down, table games are are up, but that the 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 these gaming lounges, 
it sounds like they're going to be use, using part of what had been that poker room. It might be, and I and it, you know, it could very well be. And the thing is, uh, you know, it's it's a little it's a little ahead of the game because the state senate isn't in session. They have the house bill for sports gaming uh, to hammer out, yeah. and there's no guarantees that they're going to be able to come up with a solution well, to this anytime soon. I think they, I think they will this year. I think Encore is doing the same thing, preparing places, spaces uh, in their place. I do think that the uh, legislature is finally going to have to move on this thing. Um, the other one they, they're talking about for today at MGM, they said. Again, this is a sports lounge inside the Tap Sports Bar. So what was already a sports bar is now going to have what is referred to as a more intimate uh, facility. Again, I'm going to guess here of what I believe it probably is. I'm thinking bowling really wasn't doing it. Uh, That the bowling area... And what else is back there? There's some like video games or um, uh, one of those basketball shooting things. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's, it's but the bowling takes up a good deal of space. Yeah, and to be quite honest with you, not for nothing. And I don't mean this as a, as a criticism, mm-hmm. or maybe I do. Take it as you will. Uh, the one and only time that I went to MGM for the specific reason of bowling. Uh, it was incredibly pricey. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I like bowling. Like, you want to rush. Oh, yeah. Bowling. Bowling. You drop one of them balls on your feet. That hurts. Yeah. But, you know, to me, I I don't think they could ever truly convert that into a profitable part of their business at that price point. No. So no. It was if, too expensive. If the bowling alley ceases to exist... I don't think there's going to be too many people crying over it, and no. especially that. I mean, there's a there is enough space in that bowling area tap where I could totally see a sports book going in mm-hmm. there and succeeding. Yeah, easily. I don't know about the sports book. I, I the sports book. I think you're going to keep out on the floor. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna have it be in an area where you can see it from the floor. That that bowling area is very very hidden. Um, yeah, but it wouldn't have to be if it were if, if if it were clear that that's one of the two places you would have to go. But I think they also uh, I don't know how they how they break this down. I, I think what is tap and what was what is Chandler's um, and, and what is the the whether it's Hanush or all those other places down there. I think those are established extra businesses outside of MGM. I don't know that MGM has the ability to change something within those confines of either tap or Chandler's or, or, or things like that. I think those are uh, those, I don't know, but I would think that they are, you know, like if they decided all of a sudden to get rid of that golfing thing uh, and bring in a different business, I- I'm sure they could do that. But whether or not they could knock that whole area out and turn it into something kind of different, I'm I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure about how the, well, the property works. The the problem that MGM has is you are based on a finite footprint width wise. Mm-hmm. The only way to really expand your business is to build up. So I don't know. I don't if think the, they're allowed to do that. 
Well, but they do have a second floor, which is largely used for the movie theater or uh, you know meeting space or a banquet space. And my guess is they're making money on that. I, I, well, I, don't I don't know how don't many know. banquets I, they have. But. I don't. That, well, that's it. And right now, they're probably not having. You know, I don't know if you know banquet business is anywhere close to one hundred percent. And even if you can staff banquet business at uh, at that level, so you know, you know, they're not. Listen, they may be making money, but I'm sure MGM is thinking, could we make more money? And if it's a matter of expanding gaming or something else, which you know, really is the the lifeblood of the entire business. If there's a way to move some of the gaming to the second floor, I would think they would do it in a heartbeat. I got to believe that they, they actually probably do have a lot of space to expand to. If I'm wrong about what I just said, let's say, uh, about the space for Chandler's and the space for Tap or, or, or Hanoush or any of those places, if all of that is MGM property, and and I and I gotta believe whether it's Hanush or, or whoever those other businesses are that frankly I just can't remember that those rents are probably pretty high. You talk about things that are expensive. That golf simulation thing, from what I understand, is not cheap either. So I don't know if it's making money. And if they had to all of a sudden take those areas and turn them into gaming areas, because obviously. What I discovered when I went in there for the first time after the pandemic eased was the elimination of tables to be replaced with slot machines. Every A lot of places where there were full pits of tables, whether it's blackjack, roulette, craps, all of that, a full pit was removed and replaced with slot machines. Slot machines are just, you would think to yourself when you walk into that place and you never see every seat taken right but you think to yourself uh, well there certainly seems to be enough slot machines here but no they just keep putting in more well the interesting part about it is when it opened three years ago they had over 2500 slot machines and as of last week they're down to 1600 so slightly over 1600 slot machines so they've reduced 1600 machines or 1600 in use slot machines that's all that's all the information i have yeah, i don't have any information be... about whether they're being used but the point yeah. is there's almost you know 900 less than there were 3 years ago but now, they when... might be getting what i mean is they might be getting blocked off because they are still social distancing but they are there they're on the floor see i don't i don't I don't know that. Yeah. All I can say is, as of by this story alone, it suggests that they have either moved them out of the way, mm. or at some point they could place them in areas around the facility where they could easily fit. Yeah. You know, remember, you know, when they opened MGM, you know, there aren't a whole lot of examples of an urban uh, of an urban based casino. I think there's really only one in Detroit. Exactly. So, you know, in a, in a way, it's kind of like a guinea pig situation. Mm-hmm. Like you you are you're trying to figure out, well, what is the best fit for Springfield? And what is the best fit for that for that whole, you know, casino campus? MGM is not run by morons. I mean, they know what they're doing and they fig and I'm sure they're figuring out that in this 3 years despite the pandemic there were going to be growing pains and there were going to be lots of changes along the way because what they want to do is maximize their investment. And they haven't reached the numbers that they had predicted 
before it opened. And nobody I think does. nobody does, but I think there's a part of their business model which suggests that in a perfect world, this is what we are expecting we could make. But based upon the fact that we don't have a whole lot of, uh, you know, we don't have a whole lot of experience in urban uh, developed casinos. There's lots of room for experimentation. So what doesn't work today, we may be able to find something that works tomorrow and that's why you're seeing so many changes you know being planned out plus what they're also probably saying is we never saw anything like this springfield massachusetts market it's different it defies every rule we ever knew i just i there's just something about this market i told you this the the day you were hired as i said you know jesus christ couldn't sell out the civic center uh, I just think that well, because that's because of the bad parking. Well, uh, the parking doesn't help, but also the uh, overhead for the cross and stuff like that. Uh, but but the idea that I think this, I think MGM could have. I don't know about its proximity to Foxwoods and Mohegan. I think it would have done better in Hartford. I think it could have done better, uh, maybe even in Worcester. Um, there, See, there's just something about know. Springfield. Yeah, but you know, I I think that's really kind of old-fashioned thinking. Mm. If you look back at just like the bike nights, for example, you know, before they were destroyed oh, by Oh, you mean Bad when Planet. they were successful, yes. Yeah, back when they were successful. You had several thousand people at Court Square in the middle well, of- Stern of, Square. Yeah, I mean, at Stern Square. Not a real big park, to nope. be quite honest with you. No, nope. All those people jammed to that small little area- to see live music. Mm-hmm. That had never happened. I think you, you, there are people who do look at downtown a little bit differently with MGM being down there. And I don't say that as in, in a negative way. I think what needs to happen is uh, you know, we need to get beyond some of the preconceived notions of what downtown is and then realize that you know it's going to take uh, not only some effort on our part, but on everybody else's part, to start looking at Springfield as a place to go and to have fun, to get a good meal, to go back, to be entertained. It, it you know, it's a it's a paradigm shift that is beginning and it's incrementally changing. I don't think, you know, 26 years ago when you when you said that to me, I think that was probably true. Is it the same mentality today 26 years later that existed well i don't know that i think i think there have been some changes and i think and i think it's for the benefit of of downtown now having a pandemic in the middle of this yeah a whole thing doesn't help it doesn't help obviously but i do think there's you know great cause for optimism the thing that i i compare it to though is is this as well yes you had a great turnout for bike night and primarily those were people on bikes. There was a percentage of the people downtown who were not on bikes, who came down to see the bands or came down to hang out with the crowds, uh, but they were primarily the owners and, and riders of the bikes is what made most of that crowd up. You now have concerts on Thursday nights at Court Square. This week you're going to have uh, Johnny Six Gun. You also have... Concerts on Friday nights, both of these concerts, by the way, are free. Uh, Friday nights on the plaza at MGM. Right. But you don't have either one of those does not draw the kind of crowd. Now, granted, the Court Square thing just started this year. 
and and the MGM thing it just started this year, and we're still you know not even sure we're out of a pandemic. Well, yet. look, it, it, when it comes to like the, the the bike night example, I think you and I can both agree that to have uh, you know put their foot down and to have banned bikes was a major mistake on their part and they've never been able to recover and bring events like that since then but you also have a very large group of people and i missed it this year but i'm sure it was a very large group of people that showed up in the heart of downtown for the jazz fest i'm sure but but also look at the example though of the white lion wednesdays you know and 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 what they were able to accomplish they were not very well attended but john they had a they had a consistent uh, crowd and it was a business that didn't even have a brick and mortar location at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they didn't have that. I mean, you have uh, to me, you have to give you know, like uh, like a Ray Berry credit for bringing people, you know, to a to 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 Stern to a to Steiger's Park, you know, without really having much of a business to show about. He, oh, he absolutely big, give him I, credit. There's I, no question. See, I but I think, you know, those kinds of events that draw a regular crowd, people who are already working downtown, people who come in from down, you know, into downtown from other places, you know, that's a, you know, a cause for optimism. Having MGM talk about all the things they want to bring back, you know, Boys to Men, Brian Regan's coming into town, all these things, the, you know, the Roar Comedy Club is coming back. All these things are part of a larger puzzle. And I and I really think that you you were right back then, twenty six years ago, about people's apathy towards Springfield. But I do think it is, it is it was beginning to change, and there was a buzz about Springfield, and there were things to to be excited about. And once you get past the pandemic, I believe you'll get that back. Yeah, I hope so. I really believe it. Seven twenty five and Rock one hundred two. Boy, am I ignorant. Yes, you are. I just, you know, uh, I ain't no world traveler. I ain't no uh, globe trotter. Um, other than Canada, the Bahamas, I've never really been off uh, the mainland. Never mind foreign countries. Wasn't in the military, so I wasn't stationed anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm watching all this uh, Afghanistan coverage. And, and I remember also from uh, the Iraq coverage, I, I don't uh, appreciate, I, I can appreciate Hong Kong, Tokyo, London, uh, Paris, you know, those kinds of things, all, all being uh, probably like New York City. But when it comes to places like Baghdad or Kabul or, uh, you know, those, those kinds of things, I, I don't realize until I see it on TV the the modernization that exists even in countries like that. I mean, for all the war footage that we've been seeing for the last 20 years out mm-hmm. of Afghanistan, you know, those are, for the most part, being fought in the mountains, um, not, not, not necessarily in, in urban areas. Now, you know, that, that Kabul airport is being uh, used to get all of these refugees out of there, and they're showing on NBC the the American uh, military working with the Taliban to try to bring some order to this because we have that deadline of September 1st or August 31st, and the Taliban is saying, we're holding you to the deadline. There, there's going to be problems if you're not done by the 31st, and we're the ones who set that limitation, by the way. 
Um, but but there is. I, I just went to Google Earth and I'm and I'm and I went to Kabul and outside of the airport. I mean, there are millions of people living in homes. I I don't know, well, and their homes well, obviously are not the same as our homes. Their standards are not the same as ours, but they are homes. And and I don't know why I just kind of like envisioned this barren desert uh, or mountainous region. Well, no, I mean, of course they got homes. They got homes. They got restaurants. They got theme parks. They got zoos outside they- of the downtown. Outside of the major cities, I mean. Oh, I'm I'm sure the the, the burbs are lovely out in Kabul, but you know, yeah, of course, people got to live places. I mean, they're still, you know. People who desire shelter and jobs and and everything else, and they were and I was reading something yesterday. Seventy percent of Afghanistan have cell phones, so you know. Yeah, I mean the service kind of sucks, but well, but, but, but they know. but they've got them. But but it's it's not something I think of because I haven't been anywhere. But you don't really have to to be someplace to have an understanding that you know these countries have their. Uh, their metropolitan areas. They I mean they have their infrastructure. They've got televisions and 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 phones and computers and all the things that that we have. They but live, even when they you, live a di- they, it's a different culture. But obviously. even when you see the interviews with families like inside their homes, it's not like they're they don't have uh, you know love seats and sofas. I don't even know about the TV thing unless it's a separate room. But, um, you know, when you see these interviews with families inside their homes, they look very, very rudimentary in comparison to the way we live. Well, they don't have uh, complete access to either an Ikea or Bob's Discount Furniture in some of these. The whole country's the pit. Again, I I think that's kind of a a generalization. Not fair. A little bit of one. But I'm talking about the pit at Bob's. You know, you'd be happy to live. I'd love to live in the pit. I've seen your house. It's not that far away. It, well, that's where it all came from 25 years ago. We got news next to Rock 102. Hurry to Gary Room Hyundai and 34 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. All month long, receive 40% off installation of windows, doors, and Yankee Home signature one-day bath system. Always use the keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The former superintendent and the former medical director of the Holyoke Soldiers Home are scheduled to be in uh, Springfield courtroom this morning. Former Superintendent Bennett Walsh and former medical director Dr. David Clinton are charged with criminal neglect in connection to the deadly COVID-19 outbreak at the nursing facility for veterans. The COVID-19 outbreak at the Soldiers Home was one of the deadliest in the nation, with 77 veteran residents having died from the virus. Today's hearing at Hamden Superior Court is set to deal with motions to dismiss. It's scheduled to begin at 10 a.m. In the court or at the theaters? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be at the theaters. Yeah. Uh, why don't you just tell me what court hearing you want to see? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I actually uh, I saw Bennett a couple of weeks ago at mm-hmm. that uh, at that Court Square concert, and um, I, I just you know clearly uh, there's things that we don't know, but uh, I just I. I and, and and there may be an awful lot of truth to the things that people say about the way the operation was run, but it just it just seems to me like they are going after the lowest hanging fruit. That that the that the higher you go up on this tree, 
the 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 less blame there seems to be. Well, you know, we do that with pretty much everything in this state when something goes awry. Is that mm-hmm. the right word? It would be a rye. Yeah, it's a rye. A rye yeah, or a word. pumpernickel. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really like it's, a pumpernickel. Well, I want to know if it's a seeded or seedless rye. No, but uh, the first thing that came to mind when you just said that was like the state police thing with the with the overtime. Mm-hmm. You know, they they went after all the all these troopers, but not one supervisor got. Oh no, they got yeah, they got a one. Uh, they got at least a, a lieutenant in yeah, there. Yeah, but it, yeah, but it wasn't. It, it should have been more widespread with mm-hmm. all the people signing off on all those things. But that it, I'm not trying to bring that topic up. I'm just right. saying that that process is almost feels like it's the same process here. Oh, where I know. It's like, well, let's go after. Well, he's the guy. Let's just go after him. Yeah, but like we talked about before, I mean, in in many ways, there had to be some sort of scapegoat for this because the problem isn't just at Bennett Walsh's desk. The problem is with the state. That chose for years not to do what was needed to the, for yeah, this facility, right. and, and, le- and left and left them, you know, understaffed for the last twenty years. Oh yeah, and that's my point is that, yeah. that, that there's always somebody. Hey, if we can just place the blame on one person, then we don't have to deal with the repercussions no, of what, what we, we neglected don't have to, to do accept for any years. But the, under, but the understaffing and the facility itself is one thing to have been neglected. To have gotten to a point where there are criminal charges, that these guys are going on trial, yeah, that's I, I just don't get that. There's well, a hell of a lot more to this story than what's being reported in the media. Too. Are, are you surprised that there are criminal charges, yeah. or just surprised there are criminal charges against him? Um, I, I'm not so. I'm not so much. I don't know. I think probably against him, um, them, those two. Uh, I mean, you're, I mean, you're talking about the death of of dozens of people, here. right? And but you're also talking about the possible the the idea of an administrative failure as opposed to any criminal right. intent. But the administrative failure, I think, the three of us can agree, goes well beyond Bennett Walsh. Oh yeah, to a level of criminality, I don't know. Uh, two people were arraigned uh, yesterday in Eastern Hampton District Court following a Sunday night shooting at the Hadley Walmart that left two people seriously injured. 26-year-old Wilmer Alvarez of Chicopee pleaded not guilty to two counts of armed assault with intent to murder, possession of both a firearm and ammunition without a license, and uh, possession with intent to distribute of heroin and cocaine. District Judge uh, Danielle Williams held Alvarez without bail pending a dangerousness hearing set uh, at the request of Deputy District Attorney Jennifer Shule. Uh, Kayla Fernandez of Holyoke also faces firearm and drug and ammunition charges. Uh, She was also held on $5,000 cash bail. Prosecutors say that Alvarez shot the two victims, ages 18 and 19, in the Walmart bathroom around 10 p.m. Sunday. In the bathroom? Hitting one in the leg, hitting one in the face and leg, and the other in the arm and chest. Now, let's piece together our uh, little detective thing here, John. No, 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 no. The face and the leg. Face and the leg and, and the, the arm, arm and the chest. chest. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I don't know what was going yeah. on in there. I, I don't uh, I don't see that this time because we're talking about, what, 17 and 18-year-olds? 18 and 19-year-olds. 18 and 19-year-olds? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it. it uh, and, and these were the these were the guys who got away, the victims, who got away and then came back again. Yeah, they came back uh, as the uh, suspects were being arrested. Uh, the victims arrived in a car seeking help for their gunshot wounds. Yeah. You, you don't you don't think a seventeen or eighteen year old's body parts could match up? Well, I mean, I that you know it's two guys in the bathroom. I don't yes. know about that. Yeah, 
I, I'm not. Uh, I'm not inclined to think this way. Well, I. I mean, uh, I don't know if age really plays much of a part in it, especially at the. the this was tender. a drug deal. Well. Yeah, but all the other. What, uh, what, what else goes on in a drug deal sometimes? Uh, usually, drugs are sold. That and and, and bought. And, drugs are sold and, and bought. And, and, may, and maybe used. Maybe used. Maybe well. maybe, but there may also be some barter yeah, uh, in exchange um, for services. Uh, okay. Sometimes you need a straw for that cocaine, if you know what I'm talking I about. Do, that's right, Steve. <laughs> Numb the gums. Numb the gums. Yeah, I don't hey. know what you're talking about. A uh, Northampton woman and her dog are safe today after they were rescued from the powerful currents of the Mill River. Suzanne Foreman and her Labradoodle Sienna were pulled from the river by rescue after both were swept away in the river's waters, which were running high and fast because of Tropical Storm Henri. The dog was reportedly getting a drink from the river when it got pulled in, and Foreman went in after it. That's the new details of this story. Letting the dog get a drink from the river during a storm where uh, every body of water in this state is at a high flood level, and you let the Labradoodle go get a drink out of the water. Well, well a Labradoodle's a sturdy animal that can usually take care of himself. It was a... Um, story I, I i don't know whether or not i can get audio on this computer down the hall here um but i was watching this story this morning on um on the drudge report down in tennessee where they're having far worse issues with flooding and and homes being swept away i'm sorry john you have to uh bang the computer six times in order for it yeah, to be the yeah, audio to come uh, right here. the uh there was a woman who was i believe maybe facebook live i'm not sure but she was making a video um, talking about her and I believe her son being on the roof of the house. And apparently at some point you hear a very loud bang. Somebody off camera says, I think something just hit the house. And I guess the last thing that you hear from the woman is something like, oh, or whoa, 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 or something like that. Uh, and then the video ends. The son survived. The woman did not. The the whole house was swept away uh, by the water. But it's just, you know, I mean, to, the idea again, the, the, this ability to have video of almost everything now because we've all got phones in our hands is, is just it's wild. I'm looking at this video now. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. 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 Hours before leaving office, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo on Monday granted clemency to six people, including the driver in a fatal 1981 armored truck robbery whose release was championed by his son, San Francisco's top prosecutor. David Gilbert, 76, is serving a life sentence for his role in the bungled 1981 Brinks robbery north of New York City, a bloody heist involving uh, leftist revolutionaries that left a guard and two police officers dead. He is among the last surviving people still in prison with the $1.6 million robbery often seen as the last gasp of 60s radicalism. Through, <clears throat> through Como's actions, he will uh, be referred to the state parole board for potential release. Under his sentence, he wouldn't have been eligible for parole until 2056. Well, he could have made it till then. I'm kind of surprised by this. I, I remember there was, uh, in the past, I believe there have been other parole hearings that this guy has gone to, and almost every time... The police officer's family comes and testifies, yeah. and the idea that he was involved and is now being released, uh, I don't know. Well, Assembly Member uh, Mike Lawler, who represents Rockland County, where the robbery happened, slammed the governor's action. 
Cuomo's final act as governor is a disgusting betrayal to the people of Rockland County, he said in a statement. This will mark the 40th anniversary of the Brinks robbery, and rather than stand with the brave men and women in law enforcement, Cuomo has once again stabbed them in the back. Four men whose uh, sentences were commuted Monday by Cuomo were imprisoned for murder convictions. He also uh, pardoned Lawrence Penn, a private equity fund manager who served two years for falsifying business records in connection with allegations he stole millions of dollars from investors. He let four murderers? Yeah. Were the uh, Now, aside from this guy in the Brinks robbery, uh, and I'm sure you don't have the answer to this, and I, I probably should look it up myself. I mean, were these people believed to have been wrongly convicted? Uh, I don't know about that. Last week, Cuomo granted clemency to 10 people, including John Adrian Velasquez, whose unsuccessful campaign for exoneration in the 1998 killing of a retired New York City police officer was championed by actor Martin Sheen. So I think some of these have elements of whether a question of whether or not they were absolutely guilty or not. Yeah. But the Brinks thing. The Brinks thing was something where you must have just felt, you know, it's been long enough. The other guys are all out or dead. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to read it now, and I can't yeah, do that at the same time. I, I mean, I realize you know he's he's got the right to uh, to uh, grant acts of clemency and stuff. But you know, if you're leaving that office in shame, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if anyone should be really. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, going through with these acts of clemency. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. It's not like you. You know, he's doing this after, you know, losing an election. He's doing this because of his shameful behavior. I mean, you got one guy, 45 years old, served 23 and a half years of a 25-year sentence. All right, well, you know what? That's more than most people would serve for a 25-year sentence. And while he was while he was incarcerated, he got a bachelor's degree. He founded organizations to fight gun violence. You know, it, there are uh, other factors, although... He was convicted for second-degree murder and attempted murder, but uh, it doesn't really say, you know, whether he's the guy who actually killed the person or he was there or or what happened. But um, I, I like to think that these are very, very well-thought-out uh, people before governors or presidents make mm. these kinds of decisions. You mean like uh, the, the the well thought out decisions to say like uh, you know grab ass in his uh, his office. Yeah, right. It's exactly the same thing. Hey, uh, Florida community near Daytona Beach was dealing with a peeping tom recently. There are reports of a man looking at a window and exposing himself to a woman. Is that wrong? Should I have not have done that? I got to tell I, you, I, I, I've been please. watching this Pornhub there are an, uh, an awful lot of men out there who are doing this and and having very successful endings. Yeah, yes. you know they're actors, though, right? Uh, what? Yeah. No. Yeah. These yeah. are videos. Yeah, they're actors in the videos. Uh, what do you mean acting? Meaning, meaning they're not regular dudes on the street who are flashing and somehow getting lucky. Yeah, just like your friend's hot mom is not really banging. Yeah. Uh, her son's friends. Just like uh, there are certain things you can and cannot do on public transportation. I don't know how there's so many of them. Police started monitoring the area, and on Saturday night, they caught the suspect with his pants down, literally. He is a 37-year-old named Javier Gutierrez, and when he was asked what he was doing, he told deputies he was just out getting some exercise. Jogging the foreskin, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah! <laughs> You never, uh, never did that? <laughs> no. 
Never smashed pop tarts uh, to get uh, some okay. uh, burn off some cardio. All right. Making never, this. Never did five finger curls. <laughs> you know, you burn ten calories when you make the cyclops <laughs> cry. Mm-hmm. And I feel great. <laughs> Play a little roast beef DJ. Is here. this is this in your favorites? <laughs> My va- oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, well, I can I hear like me it. clicking. Well, no, I, but I just know that you're reading. Did you ever goof the floof before? Yeah, yeah I see. That's what I mean. Burp the baby? Mm-hmm. Wrestling with Jimmy? Self-stroking poker? <laughs> Steven! <laughs> hey, uh, you're playing here Valley Forecast today. <laughs> we have fun on this show. You don't uh, even have it, do you? you and go. now I hear you clicking. Oh, well, you would well, yeah, get <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be uh, mostly sunny today, hot and humid, though, with a high of 88 tomorrow. More of the same with a high of 90. It's 69, giggity, in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel. Uh, and uh, brought this forecast brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Look for the black. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 753 and Queen on Rock 102. couple of days of uh, sunshine and heat. No rain in the forecast for the next 48 hours, uh, 36 hours. I'm not sure. I haven't really looked yet for uh, Thursday. But uh, today and tomorrow, sunshine, highs near 90 or better. It is still 70. I was just watching more of that coverage out of uh, Tennessee. Yeah. It's amazing. They're, they're, They're showing, you know, this is two days later, and they're showing this creek, which was what flooded many of these neighborhoods. And now... Uh, you know, two days later, half of the creek is dry. I mean, you could you could see like the area where when the creek is full, how much room it covers, and half of that is is gone. And yet, it was so overloaded and up hills that uh, that it swept away all of these homes. You, you see that a lot when when uh, you know once the rain ends, mm. how quickly flood water subside. But the amount of damage that's done by that by the floodwaters is is amazing. It may be the most damaging thing that uh, your property can deal with. But what I but what I find amazing is is you know it's a body of water. It's there all the time. Uh, you know it's flowing. It's a creek, so it's flowing. And then all of a sudden, it can get so flooded, it comes you know way up, uh, way past where it normally is on any other given day. And then when it goes back, it's it's less than even what it was at normal. It's just well, depending on where the creek flows into, whether it's another you know another river or another lake, yeah. you know the water just keeps flowing. And and, and you know if you ever, I mean, I've seen some you know areas that have been flooded over my lifetime, and it's like you know as as fast as the water rises is as fast as it goes away because the water flows into another. Into another body of water. It's it's not just about evaporation. It's just it's the water flows away. I'm just I'm I did a workout yesterday. I'm in my sunroom at the uh, the height of uh, the rain, and uh, I'm just watching. I, I've got this I've got this uh, one uh, gutter where you know it, you've got the horizontal stuff that runs along the roof, and then you've got the pipes that come down from it, and 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 they're 99% of the time, they're attached to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have this one that is unattached, 
and probably uh, I keep I keep attaching it manually, and it keeps unattaching itself right the, afterwards. The, the downspout. Yeah, yeah, and but the downspout is directly underneath the the part from the gutter that empties out into it. So it's really just like a there's this two inch separation, and it just you know, but it's straight into the downspout anyway. So. But the way it was raining so hard yesterday, it, it just it was just spraying everywhere. It was just, excuse me, flowing all over the place. And I know the gutters are all clogged as well. So I got uh, I got to I got to mess up there. Yeah, you, you might want to take care of that. <laughs> well, because that's uh, uh, kind maybe. of important. Hey, the Dedding Company are coming to the Xfinity Theater in Hartford on September fifth. Tickets are on sale now at LiveNation.com. Now uh, they're going to tell you that uh, ticket holders must provide proof of full vaccination or a negative COVID-19 diagnostic test within tw- uh, 48 hours prior to entry. And if, you're, if you can qualify for all of that, then uh, the 10th caller right now at 293-1021 will get a pair of tickets to see the Denning Company in Hartford, the Xfinity Theater on September 5th. Good luck to you. How, how are they doing that? I don't really know. Uh, I don't know if you have to show your vaccination card or proof that you've been but 48 uh, hours before, how do they know I'm not giving the tickets? How do they know the person showing up at the venue with the ticket is the same person who provided information 48 hours ago? Well, I, I don't know. That's uh, that's something for uh, you and the venue to figure Sounds out. Sounds like it would take 48 hours to get in. Uh, it might be a little <laughs> slower than yeah. normal, but you know, you'll all get in. You'll, Damn. All, you'll all get a seat. It's uh, just about 7.58 at Rock 102. GG Inks. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, I'm no immunologist. Are you kidding? I can't even spell immunology. I'm also of the belief that if you receive no better than a C- in high school biology, the last thing you should be doing is flaunting your understanding of complicated science. I happen to be one of those C- students, but... Tell me to wear a mask and get vaccinated and stay six feet away from people and furiously wash my hands at regular intervals and I'm willing to follow those directives like a blind sheep. This is because I understand my limitations as an independently minded critical thinker and so this is why I enjoy a good round of compliance. Unfortunately, people are people and sometimes we act without thinking even when faced with very specific COVID protocols. For example, Take a look at Cam Newton of the New England Patriots. Cam's a pretty smart fella, and yet he's being forced to stay away from the Patriots' practice facilities until this Thursday for a misunderstanding about COVID testing. According to reports, Cam Newton will be unable to practice with a team during much of the final week of the preseason after receiving a COVID test away from a designated NFL facility. Despite testing negative on a series of daily COVID tests, the team approved a medical appointment that required him to leave New England. However, the NFL and the NFL Players Association protocols allegedly state that all of his daily COVID testing must be conducted in league-approved facilities. Because he failed to read that part of the of the rules, and apparently so did the Patriots, he must enter a five-day re-entry program that will keep him out of commission until Thursday. Now, I don't need to remind you of how important the NFL preseason can be, and I don't have to tell you how important it is to understand the rules that have been set forth by your employer. But if my boss required me to be tested daily in a company-approved environment, 
They would be testing me in a building that required regular mold remediation and a crumbling infrastructure. And I can imagine that getting regularly tested in an NFL locker room would only be worse. That's the last place I'd want to get swabbed. And yet, Cam Newton has to stay away until Thursday, which makes me wonder, why can't we all get that lucky? But hey, another my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Big and wrapped scallops is one thing you can make with your big green egg from Rocky's. Pizza, another. And when you get really good, how about a reverse sear herb crusted Iberico pork loin? The ultimate cooking experience is with the big green egg. And you can find it today at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm Fax. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 809 and the great Eddie Money. Oh, that's underselling it. I, I know. Well, it's like I don't want to oversell it because that would, that would almost seem to be obnoxious. You know, we were talking a, a few weeks ago, and, and, and I made a comment, and, and, I've, and I've felt this way uh, throughout most of my life uh, whenever uh, I see us or anybody going to war for that matter. And I, and I – okay. So there you go. There, I think Try I fixed that. it. Yeah. There you go. Um, you, all you got to do is punch it, yeah, like, I know. very, very Fonzie-like, and you should be good. Um, and I know we've been doing this for thousands and thousands of years, and uh, and and the, even the wars that we've been in since I've been alive, uh, every single time, it, it amazes me. Not just that we have a an all-volunteer military right now and have had it for, for many, many years of people who are willing to go into that kind of danger and do that kind of thing, and I've and I've thought to myself many many times: as advanced as we are now, not just as a country but as a species, it amazes me that this is still how we settle our differences. And uh, when I brought it up most recently, and you said to me, "Well, how else would we do it?" Um, until yesterday, I didn't know. Uh, I, I read a I read an interesting article yesterday. I think it was from the Atlantic. Um, an alternative perspective uh, to what we do now sees cyber war as an opportunity to decrease global violence. Can such tactics shift war's focus away from human casualties? In other words, can nations settle for slugging it out online rather than with guns and missiles? Uh, fighting digitally offers a unique opportunity, the continuation of politics by other means without the physical invasion of sovereign territory or the inevitable sacrifice of lives uh how exactly do we categorize cyber attacks are they espionage sabotage acts of war and some of them uh as we have seen like ransomware are are simply criminal we don't know where they're coming from but while you know we spent the entire cold war us china russia sitting on stockpiles of world-ending weapons now these countries routinely employ an array of offensive cyber weapons, although not quite to their full power grid zapping, water system clogging, society crippling potential. But uh, and there is no instance so far documented in which uh, cyber warfare has directly killed anyone. It it sounds like a very interesting way, and th- and this would be the kind of thing where. You know, it, it doesn't. We're not talking about dissolving the military. The military would be the next step. If if the cyber warfare didn't settle things, if someone didn't surrender or someone else decided 
screw it, I'm sh- I'm firing off a, a missile. Right. Then obviously, you know, the military is needed to uh, to defend oneself. Well, the thing is, uh, you know, the cyber attacks that that we receive and also initiate onto other countries. I mean, yeah, that is a new form of aggressive warfare. No question about it. But countries still like to blow stuff up. They still yeah. like to they still like to make a point. And if you really want to go and and take a look and compare, you know, what's gone on in Iraq and Afghanistan over the last 20 years compared to the losses we've sustained in other wars, it's actually an astonishingly low number. And that's, I mean, that's not to trivialize anyone who suffered loss as a result of, uh, of the, the war the last 20 years. But, you know, the Civil War lost 618,000 people. Mm-hmm. World War II, 405,000 people. Vietnam, 58,000 people. I just think but that- Afghanistan and Iraq, less than 7,000 people. Yeah, and I, that's 7,000 more than I think we have to. I agree. And um, that's why I say I'm not trivializing it. Yeah. Just, you know, just, it. They're just the numbers. A professor of strategic studies points out, the purpose of warfare is not to fight. It's to achieve a political objective. If you can achieve this objective without kinetic conflict, so much the better. And, and I can't... I can't help but agree with that. In the late 2000s, the U.S. government developed a detailed plan for cyber attacks that would disable sections of Iran's air defenses, communication systems, and power grid. The plan provided President Obama with a non-lethal means to neutralize the Iranian military assets in case negotiations failed during our nuclear agreement that we yeah. reached with them. Well, it's another form of weaponry if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, much like a like a bomb or tanks or anything else, it's another form of either defending yourself or aggressively seeking you know what you're looking for. Right. And, but and, the world has, has agreed and and this article points this out as well that we would need a Geneva Convention of Cyber Warfare. The world does yeah. agree that this is how a war is supposed to be fought. Except, and I think we've seen this, I mean, there are certain countries that will, you know, sign an accord with a Gene- in, a, in a Geneva Convention-style agreement, but then not live up to that agreement. Yeah. And and, and would be bad actors during the entire thing. And or there's others like the Taliban who wouldn't probably even be allowed to sign. Well, there's that too. And, you know, this is why the importance of diplomacy should be stressed even more so. Because now you're talking about not so much a loss of life, but loss of electronic infrastructure, which could be devastating, not just to us, but to, you know, any civilized country. Um, another another professor or, or expert uh, says the much feared cyber Pearl Harbor that is so much fodder for cable news. Chances are we would never see such an event. It, instead, it's it's death by a thousand cuts every week, every day. We would get hit by a ransomware attack, uh, and with proper controls and some rules of the road, cyber war between nations may not be all that bad. Instead of endangering lives, it actually could save them. And and I just, I think that's an amazing uh, option. I, s- I think it's I, I I think it's a plausible option. It just I just don't know how realistic it would be for some countries to avoid to avoid using violence to make their point. I'm not saying that violence is preferred. It's definitely not preferred. But 
either is a, a cyber attack that could, you know, devastate an economy, people's, you know, uh, people's livelihoods. I mean, none of it is good. None of it is is what you want. But some, but some things are better than others. And, and and I know this is not good, but and and I say this as someone who didn't join the military, didn't take that risk, didn't put my life on the line like that, and and, and probably would be more likely if we went to cyber attacks because you would be affecting the general population probably greater than another country's military. Right. Um, but I still think it's a better idea. It's, yeah, no, I, listen, no one's going to argue with you on that one. It's just that, you know, the the reality is, is just not everyone's going to comply to that. Yeah. And there are going to be, you know, certain people that will say, hey, let's let's drive a plane into a bunch of buildings. You know, that's not a cyber attack anymore. All of a sudden, that's an aggressive you know, attack of violence, uh, you know, politically motivated or, uh, you know, economically motivated attack. And I, you know, we haven't been able to resolve violence against each other, you know, for thousands of years. You mm-hmm. know, we just, for whatever reason, we, we just cannot get along and we brutalize the living crap out of each other. And, you know, I mean, yeah, in a perfect world, if we just resorted to, you know, a couple guys on online, and uh, you know some other people updating, updating their antivirus uh, protocols once in a while, and their settings. Then, uh, yeah, then maybe we'd be able to defend ourselves against that kind of attack. I mean, even the way we've been able to do it in the last few years, you know, with with unmanned drones. If, if we used unmanned drones to go after uh, not civilians. Not uh, the civilian infrastructure, not military members, but if we had, you know, specifically uh, specific targeted areas, places that, first of all, I think what the world would have to agree to in order to allow cyber warfare be the way to settle differences is, first of all, all the nuclear powers have to get rid of their nuclear weapons. You, You keep your militaries. You can keep all the weapons you have, your 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 air forces and, and things like your navies, stuff like that. But the nuclear weapons, nobody can have any, N- including us, including everybody. Mm, nobody but, can have them. But again, I mean, countries aren't, aren't going to agree to that. Well, if, they, if they do agree to it, they're not going to be honest about it. Oh, come on. No. Who's not going to be honest? Well, I'm, I'm going to say us, Russia, uh, maybe a couple other countries. Uh, you will say, oh, yeah, no, we've we've dismantled a bunch of our nuclear capabilities. But yet somewhere in a silo somewhere, we've got them all ready and pointed uh, at each other. Well, then we better find that silo. And then do what? And then hit, uh, well, then uh, pour lead on it. Yeah. Okay. Sure. you got this all figured out, don't you? Well, not all of it. But a good part of it. I've been working on this for like six hours. Yeah. Well, you might want to put in a little bit more time. I'm not I, done. I got half the day. Yeah. Well, I, I then come back tomorrow and let us know what you figured out. Because I'm pretty tomorrow could be too late. Pretty sure all these great ideas are not going to be real practical if someone's got a real hair up their ass about the U.S. You'd also have to agree to be identifiable. You know, when we fight a war, we know who we're fighting. We, we know what country we're going to. If, God forbid, it came to us, we would know who it was. They'd have flags. They'd have identification. We'd know. 
if you're going to fight cyber warfare, you have to be certain of who the attacker is. And that's that's the biggest problem with cyber warfare. Yeah, what, is that they can hide their identities. They can make it look like it's a 13-year-old kid sitting on a bed somewhere. You think someone's going to log in, username and password yeah, before you have yeah, to. Okay. That, to. Come on. There's a reason why the dark web exists. It's mm-hmm. to avoid any kind of traceability. It's, yeah. a, it's it's to avoid that kind of identification online. You don't know where it's coming from. Well, this wouldn't be on and the dark web. And, I think they would call it the war web. You call it the war web, it's designed specifically for all countries to use so that when they go to war, they know where to log in. Okay. Yes, and every, everyone's going to follow the rules, right? Well, like I said, you know, we got the Geneva Convention somehow. Yeah, and how many people do not comply to the tenets of the G- Geneva Convention? Quite a few, you in know. fact, including us from time to time. It's fluid. No, it's not supposed to be fluid. I'm you don't even know. You. you don't even know what that means. Do you? No, but they're the ones who do because they're the ones who will be fluid. Uh-huh. It's 822. It's 824. We're back. It's O'Brien at Rock 102. Just want to remind everybody that Bacon and Brews has been postponed until Sunday, November 14th from 12 to 3 at the Log Cabin in Holyoke. If you've already purchased your tickets, they will still be valid on the uh, the rescheduled date of November 14th. For more details about Bacon and Brews, check out rock102.com. Whoops, forgot to turn on my microphone. Yeah, boy, huh? I need uh, someone to come in here and do this. Well, then that would negate the reason you're there. I know, I know. Um, So I'm watching this uh, story on, uh, oh, for God's sake, (laughs) on uh, Cuomo. It's the first time it's happened more than once in the morning. Yes. Um, You know, uh, when they built these states and they decided on these capitals, Obviously, there was nothing uh, anywhere near as advanced as there has been, even for the last hundred years. Um, but I mean, you know, you look at Hartford, you look at Boston, you look at uh, well, I've never actually seen Austin, Texas, or or Sacramento, California, or Tallahassee for that matter. But it, it just it it just seems like they uh, usually have one of the biggest cities. And, and I'm just trying to figure out, how did a place like New York City not get to be the capital of New York? How, how the hell did someone say, hey, let's go uh, 70, 80, 90 miles up, uh, up the road a piece, practically into Massachusetts, and uh, let's make uh, Albany our capital? How the hell did they do that? Uh, well, I mean, there are... There are certain reasons for it. I mean, you know, at the at the time, you know, Albany was kind of uh, like you know central to to activity. It wasn't a port city, obviously, like uh, like New York would be. And that and that by its well, uh, most of them aren't. I guess. Well, Boston's a port. Boston's city. one example. Uh, yeah, and it- and you've got a lot of other states that aren't even on the coasts. So I guess that probably maybe doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, but. you know, the uh, the state capitals have never uh, have never been exclusively the largest cities in every state. I mean, you know, if you look at uh, Illinois, no, for example. No, they're not the largest cities, but but they are at least big cities. Uh you've never been to Springfield, Illinois. I, uh, I can guarantee you, it's a pimple. 
Well, on the on the buttocks of Illinois. But is that not where Abe Lincoln came from? Yeah, but he was also uh, he was yes he he came there, but that's not why it was the state capital. I mean, someday they're probably going to make Springfield the capital of Massachusetts. No, they're cause, not because Richie Neal is from here. Yeah, that's, that's not going to make a damn bit of difference. Oh, come on, it will not. You don't think that's going to be his last official act? I don't think he's got that kind uh, of juice. State House will be built on top of Union Station. Uh, no, I don't think so. That, Court, that is, the courthouse with his name on it? Uh, they may get a courthouse with his name on it. but No, it's, no, he has a courthouse. He's got the federal court. That's what I'm saying. We'll put it, put the state capitol building on top of that. No, that's, uh, that's not going to happen. I, I don't know why certain cities became capital cities and others did not. I it mean, just seems New York City would have seemingly... I mean, the, the governor of New York probably spends half his time in New York City, whoever probably, the governor is. Probably, but, you know, they, he still, or she now still has an office in uh, in Albany. He's got a bigger office. Well, and, and Cuomo was living there. I mean, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. I mean, that's... What does Harrisburg have? A, a, a nuclear power plant that's been offline for a while? Well, but like I said, none of these places... None of these places had, you know, back when they were established, anything like they have now. No. But New York City probably did. New, New, New York, York City was, stood out, I'm sure. It it did, and, but I'm sure there are reasons why, you know, Albany got to, Albany got the distinction of being a capital city. I don't uh, I don't have that information uh handy, but yeah, I mean there's there are reasons for it. Maybe well. maybe what they wanted is they didn't want all the uh, you know the the power to be in the city of New York. Maybe they wanted other parts of New York to also have a voice, because you know what happens in the city of New York uh, uh, in Manhattan doesn't apply to any other part of uh, the state of New York. It's 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 you know the the interests of New York City are not going to be the interests of uh, Syracuse or Rochester or uh, White you, Plains. White exactly. Rye. Yes, any of those places. Again with the rye. Yes, again with the rye. It's 829. News is next to Rock 102. Syntec is back and better than ever. Syntec is a premium full synthetic motor oil at an affordable price, exclusively at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Max and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Serview Locksmith. They got a key for that. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Uh, apparently, uh, ELO was in uh, Massachusetts yesterday. Come on. What? ELO tornadoes touched down in uh, Marlboro, Bolton, Stowe, uh, according to the National Weather Service. Oh, I thought you meant the Electric Light Orchestra. No, it's EFO is what I'm... Oh, I uh, see. I was trying to be funny. Yeah. It didn't really work You might out. want to workshop some of these jokes uh, before yeah. you bring them to the big you know rooms. What, uh, back, sometimes uh, comedy isn't pretty, and uh, you got to try something out. And, well, and that, that one was definitely when not pretty. When it doesn't work out, then you move on. Yeah. The uh, National Weather Service has confirmed three small tornadoes touched down in Massachusetts yesterday. The twisters were confirmed in Bolton, Marlboro, and Stowe. The three tornadoes were all small and brief and produced minimal damage. Well, then why are we even talking about them? Well, we I are, mean, you know, we are still the leaders of tornadoes for Massachusetts. Yeah, we, true. We originated the originator. Yeah, exactly. That 50, 50, what is it, 50 miles long? Something like that. Yeah. If you can't, if you don't do at least that, don't even tell us about it. 
Yeah, um, but that was one of the concerns when Henri moved in that they were going to have uh, some yeah. sort of hurricane or, or uh, tornado. And we barely uh, even got anything. Mm-hmm. It was a rainstorm. The uh, former superintendent and former medical director of the Holyoke Soldiers Home are scheduled to be in a Springfield courtroom this morning. Former Superintendent Bennett Walsh and former medical director Dr. David Clinton are charged with criminal neglect in connection to the deadly COVID-19 outbreak at the nursing facility for veterans. The outbreak at the Soldiers Home was one of the deadliest in the nation with uh, 77 veteran residents having died from the virus to, uh, to this morning's hearing. At Hampton Superior Court is set to deal with motions to dismiss. It is scheduled to begin at 10 a.m. Uh, when you try to rescue your dog because your dog wants to go for a drink. Because you didn't apparently give it yeah. water at the house. A Northampton woman and her dog are safe today, luckily, after they were rescued from the powerful currents of the Mill River. Suzanne Foreman and her Labradoodle Sienna were pulled from the river by rescue mm-hmm. after both were swept away in the river's waters, which are running high and fast because of Tropical Storm Henri. Oh, so it is her dog. Mm-hmm. Okay. I <clears> thought <throat> we, when they said they referred to it in the paper as dog walker. <laughs> Hey, 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 you Fonzie, <laughs> that microphone. Hey. All right, that's the third time this morning. I hope uh, it's being noted somewhere. Hey, John, mm. sit on it. Yeah. <laughs> I see what I did there. Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did that. I still got it. Hey, Mrs. C. <laughs> when are we going to get a new microphone in here? Huh? Uh, uh, what were you saying? Uh, that, that I, yeah. the, the way they wrote it earlier this morning, I thought we were talking about it like a professional dog walker. But yeah. the phrase dog walker, I guess, can also be the owner. Well, dog walker, uh, without the word professional, winds up with stories like these. Yeah, well, you'd think so, right. But this is actually the owner. The dog was reportedly getting a drink from the river when it got pulled in and foreman went in after it. The Northampton Fire and Rescue officials managed to pull the two to safety within just a few minutes. So that was good. Mm-hmm. The uh, state's top law enforcement official says she's undecided about the need for the Commonwealth to develop and issue vaccine passports. Attorney General Maura Healy says she is aware that a growing number of business owners are requiring proof of vaccination as a condition of service, but she is not uh, convinced yet that a formal state vaccine passport program is necessary. Healy said her office will continue to monitor the situation before deciding how best to move forward. We could have have the passport and you can go get a... A stamp from uh, Albany or a stamp from uh, Newport, Rhode Island. Yeah, right. Or uh, what, what do you mean? Because uh, you have the, 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 the vaccine passport. It shows you all the places you've been. Oh, for oh I see. Racing. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if uh, you can put lipstick, lipstick stamps on the passport. I don't see why not. I, I'm, I'm not. What is that for? Uh, it's on that flight that you get on. International. <laughs> Okay. First class seat, I'm a lap girl. Riding comfortable. <laughs> I know what the girls them need. London to Haiti. I got lipstick stamps on my passport. I can't uh, I can't uh, say that. No, word you can't for say some it. Reason. Right. Yeah. yeah, right. Mm. Massachusetts COVID-19 infection rates continue to rise sharply. The State Department of Public Health says there were four new deaths and 3.335 new cases of the virus reported in the past 24 hours. 3.335. Get a fraction yeah. or a decimal of that. By being a math teacher, I would say. 22 did a story uh, this morning that uh, I, I think is absolutely right. They said this this whole barcode, or um, not barcode, but
But the thing that you use now, a lot of restaurants use it for their the menus. Q- the, the QR, QR code? code. Yes, thank you. The QR code uh, is, is probably going to stick around. Hey, I got to tell you, uh, last week when I, w- I had that uh, quick appearance on the deck in Northampton, mm. we were giving away uh, King Crimson tickets, which, by the way, tonight it's been moved to Sp- uh, Springfield Symphony Hall. The way they were having people sign up, it wasn't like those entry blanks that we've been using for the last uh, 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. It was all QR code. Really, you, you could e- you could either take the QR code, but uh, you know, take the picture of the QR code, and mm-hmm. it sends you right to where you need to sign up. Or we also had an iPad, which people could you know enter their information from there. Is that a is are there separate ways of doing that? Some of them, you just put it in the focused portion of your camera, and others you actually have to take a picture of it. Um, no, usually you just have to, you know, you open up your camera right. and it just scans it automatically. Right. right. That's not, what I thought. You're I... not actually taking a picture. But the cool part about it was, so Alex, who works at the station in our uh, promotions department, was uh, was with me. And, you know, it was like one of these random drawings. You sign up and it spits out a random drawing. And he was able to just do that on his phone. Wow. That's sweet. So, wow. You know, no, actually it was sweet because there was no paper. There was mm-hmm. no, no nothing. You didn't have to, you know disinfect your pens yeah and we did it that way it's like all of a sudden we zoomed into the 21st century like over the course of a year although you did have all those people touching that ipad no because most people didn't use they the didn't ipad use no yeah. most people thought oh qr code QR no code. big deal i'm used to doing that and it's so simple because the, you, you go to restaurants you see the qr code to get the menu mm-hmm. people are used to it now i love that idea yeah it's i yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm old fashioned. I, I still prefer to hold a menu. I can oh, see it a little bit better. God's but, sake! No, I mean it's just you know, I'm getting old. It's harder to see things at uh, in in, uh, in restaurants on menus. Uh, but nevertheless, yes. I I like the idea. I uh, I prefer the, the menu in the hand. Yeah, that I do please. too. What? What is it with you two old fogies? Old fogies. That's right, old fogies. Why? Uh, why am I gonna? Why am I gonna waste my time trying to zoom in on what they have on the menu when I can just see it all in big writing? Because like first of all, man. because because um, actually, see, I've been doing this for a long time before the QR code. Mm-hmm. I look at the website of the restaurant at the menu there so that I know before I go in there what I want to order. I'm not wasting time with this whole, uh, would you all like menus? Uh, and then, you know, they finally give you the menu and then they walk away and then they come back again if they come back to take orders. No, no, no. I know what I want when I walk in the door. I'm ordering the second they seat me. Well, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying if, if, a men- if a menu is offered, I would much prefer the menu yeah. than have it be on my phone. Should know what you're going to order before you walk in the door. Well, most of the time, I will look at a menu before I even get to the restaurant. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I That's what I just I- said. Just so I have an idea of yeah. what they offer. But, you know, I went out to eat yesterday, and uh, they have specials that they don't list uh, on their website. Right. So yeah. That's right. put the little insert down in front of you going, these are our specials. Yeah. That's... And I wound up ordering one of the specials. How was it? It wasn't that great. I don't you even wish you kept your original the, idea, right? I don't even want to say the name of this place. What's it rhyme, rhyme with? I can't even say that. What kind of food do they serve? They serve uh, a mix of American and 
Oh, that's non-American. Boy, yeah, that's narrow. That's really yeah. narrowing it down. Thank <laughs> you very much. Non-American. <laughs> right. It's either American or it's non-American. Right. They serve a combination of hot and cold meals. I don't yeah. know. I just thought it was a little uh, uh, overpriced. And uh, even my girlfriend pointed out, though, too, we're, we're in this restaurant, and uh, there's all these open tables everywhere, but yet they've clustered all of the customers in one section. And it's like, isn't this kind of defeating the purpose of the whole? It is, you know, move but away? my guess is they're doing that because they don't have the help to yeah. man all those tables. Yeah. yeah, but it's pretty open in there, so it's not like you can't not see who's sitting down at the table. But it's more efficient to have a waitress uh, or, or or a waiter uh, take care of several tables if they're closer together, as opposed to <sighs> yes. spaced out and running all over the place. I got to tell you, that's a, that's the one thing I do every time I go to a restaurant. Every single time is I watch, first of all, to see how long it takes before I'm acknowledged, especially if I sit at a bar. If I sit at the bar to eat in a restaurant, how long does it take for me to be acknowledged? And then how long does it take for me to be asked what I want to drink? And then I watch other people sitting around me to see how fast they're acknowledged and invariably Everyone is always acknowledged faster than me. You know, in, in, in normal, non-pandemic times, I can understand why you might be ignored if you didn't f- feel like you were being acknowledged as a customer right away. But because the things are the way they are, and there's such a shortage of labor in these places, I find it really well, hard to get too upset I, by it because the restaurant is struggling to provide what they provide I, as it is. I understand that portion of it. I get it that there's a labor shortage and there's not enough people... But I'm kind of with John on this. If you get in there and they don't even acknowledge you, mm-hmm. and or even if when you get if you get seated, and a, a waitstaff walks by your table five or six times, yet the people who came in after you get their food and drinks and I everything. Know. I, I know. know that that's that's not the labor shortage. That's just a mess. That's bad management. I, I agree with you on that part, Steve. But the problem is, is that oftentimes I am responsible responsible for it myself. Yes, I often feel like I got put into a section that no waitress has been assigned to, but it's usually because we're sitting outside and I specifically asked for shade. So I, I got a shaded table that they may not have been using. So I, I kind of have to blame myself for that every now and then. So uh, when you said, uh, I'll take some shade, they're like, yeah, well, you know, you could use some new pants there. Oh, the throwing throw shade, shade. I see what yeah. you're saying there. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that meant. Well, throwing shade is another term of, of uh, saying uh, I'm going to insult you now. Yeah, mm. you is that what you old people with your need for menus is that part of your no, jargon? Actually, actually, that jargon is uh, what the kids say these days. Yeah, yeah speaking of old yeah. people, uh, I'm thro- I'm giving you the tea on the shade. My uh, my sister sister and I were texting back and forth last night, mm-hmm. and she's telling me about we went on vacation with a bunch of people, and uh, she she became friends with, with with some of these folks, and uh, now they're sharing recipes. Oh boy! Via mail, mail, snail mail, snail mail, with like a stamp. She's like, I just received a couple of recipes from my new friend, uh, and I'm like, mail, okay, boomer. Yeah, <laughs> seriously, yeah. who's Mail. Who's sending mail? I don't know. You know, it's, it's are these handwritten recipes? Mostly like an old, older person thing. I was in the post office a couple of weeks ago, and there was a woman like 
asking the clerk behind the counter to show her all the different stamps that are available. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, and uh, oh, here's the Maya Angelou stamps, and uh, here is the here's the George Washington stamps. You know, what's weird though. I mean, you know, like no one sends mail anymore. No. But like the one thing that I, that like I still can't embrace are like the email greeting cards. I can't I can't get into that. I, I, I don't like it. I don't like receiving them. I, I just you don't. can't go for that. No I, can do. No can do. No. It's like you know, I can't go for that. Like okay, so today's like my wife's birthday, right? So yeah. she's received a couple cards in the mail. Uh-huh. In the mail, that's appropriate. If I emailed her a card through an uh, email, I feel like, yeah, you know, that's kind of a cheesy so way to do now it. Now you're going to have to stop at the Cumbies and get uh, flowers and uh, a card. No, you're going to get cyber flowers. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, right. yeah, that means so much. Yeah. I made a rose out of a out of a, a yeah, no. an at symbol. Yeah. Nothing and says a, I love you more than flowers that don't actually exist. Yeah, sure. Yeah, the other thing too, though, is uh, I mean, you know, I don't have kids. I don't have a. I don't even have a roommate. So I'm not putting greeting cards. I'm not thumbtacking them to doorways. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not taping them on the refrigerator. Right. I get a greeting card. I open it. I read it. I throw it away. Why? Because what am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> I'm. I'm usually. I'm opening it and reading it, standing over the garbage. A few months ago, uh, we were at a friend of mine's house, whose their uh, five or six year old son was having his birthday. Right. And. Uh, I paid maybe $5 for this greeting card because I'm a very last-minute Larry, and I like to put, pull gifts out uh, of my butt at the last minute. Sure. Oh, the Target, you know, just grab stuff off the shelf. This kid uh, opens the card, and uh, he looks at it, and then immediately tears it up and throws it in the trash. <laughs> and I'm like... And I, I like went, this kid. And I said, hey, hey, that card cost me five bucks. <laughs> Uh, let alone the twenty five dollar gift that you got along with it. Was was your card the only one he did this to, or did you see him do it to others? He was doing it to all of them. He was. Like, right, so he was just like, yeah. Shh, and then throwing it away. <laughs> all right, but you know, there there should be a time frame in order to get rid of the cards. I mean, how old is this kid? He was five. I think he's six. Now. I want he's to adopt him. I know he's a, he's a great kid. Uh, I don't, but I, I don't just, know. Doesn't the kid disturbed enough? <laughs> I was a little insulted by the fact that he just uh, tore this. You're not was, a little anything. It was a kid picking its nose on the car. <laughs> but and and so and, and then a few weeks later, it was my daughter's birthday. These uh, same folks come over the house. Yeah, it's the same card. Oh, they, they really? Found the same card at the Target. <laughs> How right? they, it had to be by accident because the kid didn't even have the card long enough to know no, what it looked they, like. They knew what the card looked like, you know, because it was a, a, a very popular greeting card. Uh, and uh, so we got that in return. And I told my kid, I'm like, you tear that up and you throw it right, in the trash right. right now. She wouldn't do it. Yeah. Because yeah. your, no. your kid's got some sense of, of responsibility. Plus, uh, girls, girls won't do that either. No, it's more of a guy yeah, thing. Yeah, that's I a mean, guy thing. It's, yeah. At some point, the cards you know, need to uh, be uh, removed from the house. Yeah, but after they've been read. But th- but not immediately. I mean, that, mm. you know, to, to rip a card up in, in front of somebody who just gave it oh, to no, you. Oh, no, I don't rip it up in front of them. I'm talking about, like, if we were talking about the mail. If I get one in the mail, and I know that this person is not going to likely be in my house in the next 48 hours. Mm-hmm. 48 hours is the limit. That's it. If you're not coming over within two days, that card is not going to be here when you get here. 
And you were raised by a guy who sold yeah, green oh, yeah, cards for yeah, a yeah. living. That, I know. That put food on your table. Mm-hmm. Yep. Unbelievable. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be sunny but uh, hot, hazy, and humid with a high of 88. Tomorrow, more of the same with a high of 90. It is 73 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. It's Classic Rock. It's 854 on and Tom Petty on Rock 102. Hot today, hot tomorrow, and no rain on either day. Uh, around 90 or so. It is 72 now in downtown Springfield. I'm not, uh, you know, I mean, I know we've had bad weather in the last couple of days. Uh, last couple of months? Well, yeah, okay, maybe the last couple of months. But, you know, the uh, the heat is and the humidity is mm-hmm. uh, is really, it's really a killer for a guy like me. I, I just, I, I can't operate under, I, I, listen, I can get a lot done on a rainy day. Uh-huh. I, I, I got a lot done, in fact, uh, with the, with it raining, but, uh, I got nothing done. You got me a muggy day. Forget it. Well, the, I'm, I'm on the couch trying to cool myself down. That's all I do. I don't. Uh, I don't do a lot, so uh, it's it's hard to measure. I mean, if I had a if I had an outdoor job, if I had a wear a uniform kind of job, I would have a hard time as well. But I had um, the uh, the air conditioning guys had to come out last Friday because. Uh, the AC wasn't working in the house. Central Air, which is a, a brand new system, I a uh, brand new system. Brand- I, you know, I decided to turn it off this time before I pounded on it. I see. Um, a brand new system put in last year, so it's it's under warranty, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't cooling. I mean, I had it set, and I got admonished by the way for this, but I had it set at sixty eight, and it was uh, like seventy seven degrees in the house. So they came out and they fixed it and then uh and then uh sunday it was doing the same thing again really and i just i can't take the humidity in the house it, it's actually less about me than it is about the dog maggie's getting old now when she's sitting around doing nothing and starts to pant yeah it it bothers me a little bit but also just the all the paper in my house becomes you know like like limp yeah i know I, i'm reading a book the the pages in the book the papers that i'm picking up from the mail it's all it's all drenched in humidity i feel bad for these guys and you see them all the time you know working not only working outdoors on hot muggy days but because their employers are evil mm. they require these employees to wear long pants now, yeah. you imagine you're working on a on a on a road job, or you know, you're 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 hanging in lines for the uh, for the phone company, and you're doing it, and you've got a mad case of swamp ass that's going on all day long. Can you just can you even imagine what that must be like? I feel yeah, horrible for you people. I can because unfortunately, as of this year, uh, I'm not wearing shorts. Um, I've just got. I've just got skin issues that have become so uh, bothersome to me, and probably not even to other people, that I haven't worn shorts. And I and there have been a couple of times where I've played golf in those really warm days, and everybody's wearing shorts, yeah, except me. And yeah, it's not it's not a comfortable. Feeling. No, it's awful. And, and they're not work pants. Thankfully, I try to wear the lightest pant 
I possibly can find. Yeah, and those lightest pants aren't even cotton pants; they're like nylon yeah. pants, and that you might as well. You might as well be baking a potato in those things. Yeah, it's but so remember hot. what happened when George made the Yankee uniforms all cotton? Yeah. That it, was not a good idea either. It, it was not a good idea, but you know, you're know, you not talking about a breathable fabric. You're talking mm-hmm. about something lightweight, which still you know traps heat. Yeah. Uh, no, thank you. I'd, I'd much rather uh, sit here in November and December and talk about how nice the weather is than deal with this kind of garbage not me i just uh, i gotta i think i gotta start wearing nylons i think that's what i need to yeah, do. yeah that's not gonna cool you down i know it's not gonna it might it might a little bit no it doesn't how do you know it's my business i don't think i want to know it's uh just about nine o'clock with bax and o'brien to rock 102 the bax and o'brien podcast is brought to you by the wealth